I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. A Monday show for you, a lot to do. Get into uh, really a little bit of everything as the NBA playoffs are set. Three versus six, four versus five. We're still waiting on the playing matchups, so the Nets will be in action Tuesday uh, against the Cavs, which was looking like it was that way, you know. As bad as they've been playing, we said the last three, four games of their schedule was pretty easy. And they didn't make it look easy. Even yesterday against the Pacers, they struggled. But they will take on the Cavs for the second time in four or five days. Tuesday, uh, eight-and-a-half-point favorites at Bet River Sportsbook. So we'll get into the play-in matchups. We'll get into the playoffs. Uh, we'll do that in a little bit. But we'll start here with baseball. And the local teams, uh, both in action today, Yankees host the Blue Jays. Total is nine. Uh, it's Manoa versus Tyone, and Mets are in Philly. Philly minus 155, Mets plus 137 at Bet River Sportsbook. Total is also nine. I'll get into those games in a minute. Uh, just quickly here, want to kind of unload the notebook as watched a lot of baseball here this last you know four or five days, and uh, good weekend for both teams. I think both teams had a similar weekend in that you know what it was a good weekend overall. If you're the Yankees. You take two out of three from Boston, that's a good weekend. If you're the Mets, you win three out of four. You know, I don't care how bad the Nats are. You win three out of four on the road against a division team. Uh, that's a good weekend. It's just the way it ended was, uh, you know, it could have been a great weekend. It was a bad loss for the Yankees last night. They left a million guys on base. And same thing for the Mets where, look, if you lost the game 9-2 to two yesterday, you say, you know what, 
no big deal. We won three out of four on the road. We, you know, put that in our pocket and we move on. But the way you lost it, you just felt like you gave one away and you gave one away against a bad team. And uh, up two to one, the bullpen blows it. Alonzo was terrible at first base. And, uh, you know, they really, uh, I think it was the top of the seventh. They had two on, nobody out. Couldn't get that extra, you know, insurance run. And it comes back to bite them. So both teams had uh, just tough endings. Could have been a great weekend for both. Ends up being a good weekend. Both you know, come away with series wins. So Yanks win two out of three. Mets win three out of four. Uh, we'll start with the Yankees. And uh, look, I mentioned last night was a bad loss. I mean, Hicks, bases loaded, one out, hits into a double play. And that's this is after the first inning where they first and third one out Stanton can't get the run in Stanton's been great nobody can say anything about Stanton but first and third one out can't get a run in bases loaded two out can't get a run in that was the theme of the night because bases loaded one out in the third I think it was Hicks hits into a double play uh, second and third one out in the fifth in a tie game you know a hit there kind of breaks it open Yanks had just played it two runs. Uh, 3-0 count, I think the pitcher, I think it was Cutter, worked it back to either 3-1, 3-2, and, and Hicks hits a little pop-out uh, in, in foul territory, gets caught. Yanks never score again. They had plenty of opportunities. Uh, Kiner Falefa, who I'll get on, I'll talk about here in a minute because I think he's a big takeaway of the weekend. I don't know how long he's going to last it short if he's going to be an adventure like he's been this past three days. Um, Kiner Falefa walks. You know, LeMahieu comes up, and you know he hits the ball well. Donaldson hits the ball well. Don't play small ball. Don't run. Can't can't get anything going, and just a bunch of wasted opportunities. I think they had twelve hits and four walks. I mean, they had sixteen base runners and three, uh, and three runs. That's uh that's a tough one. But overall, uh, look, if I could go back and bet them over, I think it was ninety one and a half, ninety two and a half games. I made a small bet on it. I, I would go back and, and bet bigger because I was impressed with this team. I think uh, just compared to last year, they are much better defensively. Uh, the shortstop is an upgrade, although, like I said, we'll get to him because he was not impressive this weekend. But, you know, he's better than Torres was. Torres was a disaster at short. At least I think he'll be better than Torres was. Uh, the catcher, the catching situation with no, no Sanchez is improved. Donaldson, as good as Urshela was, Donaldson is better. And then you have a whole year of Rizzo, who's a really good glove. You saw him save a million errors this weekend. And Gallo's a good glove. So you didn't have those two guys the whole year last year. So uh, the defense is much much better. I think Torres will be more comfortable at second when he plays. LeMay, who's you know, good, not great at second. So all the way around the infield, uh, they're good. You know, Judge is a good outfielder. It's just it's a good defensive team. And that's one of those things in baseball. You know, you look at the pitching staff and their stats for pitchers. You look at an offense. You know, you, you can kind of gauge just by looking at all right. This is his average. This is on base. His home runs. There aren't really stats like that for defenders. I mean, there are, but they're just not as mainstream. And there's a lot of you know, hidden runs saved or lost uh, with good or bad defense. I think the Yankees will be much better defensively. I think we saw that uh, this weekend. They're much more athletic in the field, and that was a big issue for them last year. And the bullpen's really good. The bullpen's really good and really deep. I mean, it's starting to remind me of the late 90s teams where, you know, that the starting pitching was really good in the late 90s, but they won uh, with a deep lineup and a really deep, reliable bullpen. And uh, look, Mariano's not at the end of the game. Mariano Rivera's not walking through that door, and, and Chapman always going to make you nervous, although the numbers, if you look at them overall, are pretty good. He's just always going to make you nervous. You know, he's not as dominant as he was when they, they first got him, what, you know, five or six years ago, throwing 105 miles an hour. He's not that anymore, but he's still good. But the rest of the bullpen's outstanding. I mean, Holmes, 
Uh, Holmes could close on 25, you know, maybe even more teams, including the Yankees. He might be better than Chapman. I mean, Holmes is really impressive. He throws 98, everything moves. Uh, and then you go down the line, Loisega. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it's really just an impressive Chad Green, you know, Peralta. Uh, you know, the, the new guy uh, was impressive on, on Saturday. I think Americano, I think is how you pronounce it. I mean, they're just, it's a really good deep bullpen. Castro, they got for the Mets, throws 100 miles an hour. Uh, it's just, it, it's a really impressive deep bullpen. Now, uh, if you're going to be in the bullpen, you know, five, six innings a day like they've been the first few days, it's, it's just, it's not sustainable. Uh, I know they're carrying a million extra pitchers. So uh, you're seeing it throughout baseball. These starters just aren't built up. I mean, if, if a guy goes six innings, it's a lot. A lot of these starters going three, four innings. So it's not totally unusual. I think the Yankees were prepared for it. You know, starters not built up when the abbreviated spring training. So not a huge concern at the moment, but just something to keep an eye on. You don't want to be in this bullpen, you know, six innings a day. It doesn't matter how deep you are. Although uh, the Yankees just got, you know, arm after arm that come in there and the, the bullpen is really impressive. So if you got a great bullpen, and I don't know, great might be an exaggeration, but it's very, very good. If you got a very good bullpen and you're very good defensively, we know they're going to hit. We at least know they're going to hit in the regular season. You know, Judge, Stanton, uh, Gallo's going to hit his 35 homers, although he had a rough weekend. You know, he'll get his numbers. Uh, Rizzo, who had a good weekend, uh, you know, he'll hit his 20-plus homers and be a good bat. LeMay, he was a good bat. Um and you got to worry about Torres. The bottom of the lineup is not as strong. It's not a typical Yankee lineup. It's not like, you know, some of those lineups with Sheffield and Matsui. Or, you know, the, I think of the 2009 lineup where I think Cano hit seventh in some of those games. And that's Cano, who's basically a borderline Hall of Famer, who's hit, batting seventh. It's not that kind of team. It's a little weak at the end with Hicks, Kiner Falefa, and then, you know, the catching situation. I know Higashioka had a good spring, but. That's that's a rough seven eight nine. That's not a great seven eight nine, but it's still a good lineup, and they're good defensively, and they have a good bullpen. Starting pitching, I mean, I I'm still not concerned about Cole. You can kind of get the sense uh, Friday Friday afternoon once he gives up the three homers right off the bat. It was very reminiscent of the wild card game. Not only you know him pitching against Evaldi in that same head to head matchup, but same thing. We're right off the bat, a few batters into the game, and boom, you're already in a hole. And just judging by, you know, being on Twitter, getting text messages, like, hey, how much are we paying this guy? Uh, I know John Goulet, the, uh, the program director for VEASAN, who's also a Yankee fan, texted me. I think it was two or three batters in the game. How much are we paying Cole? I, I think you're starting to get that sense where Yankee fans are starting to turn on him a little bit. Not, turn on him may be the wrong word, but impatient. Uh, you know, starting to talk about the contract. Didn't pitch well against the against Boston in the wild card game. Was terrible in that game. I give him a little bit of a pass. I don't think he was healthy. I know people like to point out the spider tack and all that. Uh, he threw great games after the spider tack. You know, he threw a complete game shutout against Houston in Houston last year after the spider tack. I think if you remember, he hurt his hamstring in September and he came back and he was just never the same. I think it was more of that where he just wasn't completely healthy. And even on Friday, I just didn't think he located his pitch as well. You know, look, he settled in after four innings, three runs. I don't worry about Cole. Now, the one issue you'd have is not that you worry about him, but he has to be great. When you look at this rotation, you know, Tyone and Montgomery's pretty good, but Tyone, Montgomery, uh, you know, Severino actually threw the ball pretty well, but you, you, Cole is just, they're so dependent on Cole that being good might not be good enough. 
So that's the one thing you're concerned. If he's a B plus, that's an issue. You need him to be an A and A plus. So uh, I I think that would be the one concern. But I do think Cole settle in and be you know top three, top four on Cy Young. I think Cole is very uh, reliable. So you know he he's durable. He takes the ball. He, you know he still pitched well last year. Even in a down year last year, he finished what second in Cy Young. So uh, I don't worry about Cole. I, I think the one takeaway is the shortstop too is. Uh, as I mentioned, Kiner Falefa, that's one where it's like, all right, I know it's three games, and we have to preface all of this baseball discussion with saying it's early, it's only three games. But the kid was brought in here, he's got to catch the ball. He's jittery at shortstop, I think he's nervous, I think there's a lot of pressure on him. You know, they were saying he's a, he grew up as a Jeter fan. And look, it's a, that's, a bit, that's a significant thing, you know, you're taking over shortstop, you, know, you, you grew up watching Jeter, and you take over that position, you're the Yankee shortstop, that's a big deal, so I think that's in his head a little bit. Because he comes with a very good reputation defensively, and he was just—he was an adventure this weekend, blowing double play balls. You know, he threw the ball away Saturday, uh, four or five different plays where he just—he couldn't field it cleanly. And not only being the Yankee shortstop, I think there's some pressure on him, but all the kids behind him, whether it's Peraza or Volpe, I think there's a lot of pressure on him. And look, he can't hit. Nobody expects him to hit, but if he's going to come here and kick the ball around at shortstop, he's just not going to be there very long. That's all there is to it. And when I say not very long, like, I don't know, late May, June, they're not going to replace them tomorrow or next week. But they're not going to put up with a whole lot of this, I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think. If these kids in the minors are as good as they say, and look, you passed on Seeger and Correa and Story and Simeon to let this kid play shortstop. Uh, and, and you got these studs in the minors, supposedly. This kid, if he's not going to hit and he's not going to field, Okay, I don't care how athletic he is, and, and the announcers love to tell you how athletic he is. I don't care how how you know how quick he is, all that stuff. He's just not going to be there very long, kind of Falefa. So that's one takeaway I had for watching him. He's going to have to uh, he's going to have to catch the ball. He's just going to have to catch the baseball. Judge, uh, his contract, boy, that was a weird thing, wasn't it? Friday afternoon, like an hour before the season starts, Cashman and the Yankees hold a press conference and announce they couldn't reach an extension with Judge. And not only that. Uh, not only did they announce they couldn't reach an extension, but they say, you know what? Uh, this is what we offered them, $230 million. They give you the years. They give you the dollars. And uh, it, it was really a strange situation, kind of trying to paint Judge as greedy. And look, I, I think what they offered him was fair. I, I do think what they offered him was fair. But uh, look, it was always going to be a tricky negotiation because, you know, he's not young. He, he came up in his mid-20s. He's been hurt a lot. You really want to give him 10 years, $300 million. Now, the other side of that is, you know what? He's marketable. He's a great player. When he plays, he's a great player. Not just a, a home run hitter, but he's a good overall hitter. He takes his walks. You know, he's a good fielder. He's got a great arm. Uh, he's a great baseball player. You know, top five, top seven player in the league, that kind of player. And if he hits the open market, he's just he's going to get more than what he was offered. He's just going to, whether it's the Dodgers, the Mets, I mean, not only is he a great player, but he's marketable. You know, he's big. He hits 500-foot homers. He's got the name that makes him more marketable. You know, how much would these teams, plus he's a Yankee, how much would these teams love to have Aaron Judge in their lineup? If you're the Mets and you can plug Judge in that lineup next year, I mean, if you get in a bidding war, bidding war which the Yankees are, look, they, they screwed up. They're going to get in a bidding war now. If you want to keep them, uh, Judge said it perfectly. He's like, look, I'll talk to the Yankees, but the Yankees are one of 30 teams right now, so... Not a great situation in terms of that. I think it's very possible that Aaron Judge is playing elsewhere next year. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, the Mets, the Dodgers, look, the Mets, somebody's going to give him, 
I don't know, five, six years, 280, 290 million dollars. You'd prefer to give him less years and more money uh, because you know, look, he's already 30. You don't want to give him eight, nine years. That's not a good idea. But in terms of the money, he's going to get a lot of money. So uh, those were kind of the takeaways so far from the Yankees. Good weekend, not a great weekend. Let one get away Sunday. Like I mentioned, they are in action tonight, taking on the Blue Jays. Uh, Tyone and Manoa, who's very good. Total nine. Yankees minus 110. Blue Jays minus 110. So, uh, baseball version of a pick em here. I'll go with the over here. I, I would lean towards the Yankees in the game, even though the Blue Jays probably have the better lineup and probably have the better starting pitcher. So, I can't bet the Yankees, but I can't bet the Blue Jays either because, uh, as I mentioned, these pitchers just aren't built up here, the starters. And... It's going to get into a game of bullpens, and that's the one flaw for Toronto. Their bullpen is not great, and the Yankees is. So uh, I you know, I could see a back-and-forth game here. I wouldn't be shocked if the Blue Jays get an early lead, and then it becomes a battle of bullpens, and you know then it becomes more of a coin flip. So if you're going to bet Toronto, uh, I would bet it first five innings. If, I, if you're going to bet the Yankees, I would bet it for the game. I'm not going to bet either side. I will take the over nine just because I think you got two explosive lineups. Uh, I think, you know, the Yankees will be able to hit Toronto's bullpen. I think Toronto will be able to hit Tyone. So I will go over nine. Uh, and when we come back, we will do the Mets. So that's the one play. The, the, the picks have been good. I gave you three on Thursday. They all hit with the Mets game. So uh, the picks have been good. And when we come back, we will do the Mets. Then we'll get into some NBA playoffs, Nets, that kind of thing. So that is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. No more football? No problem. Bet River Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet River's many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast, with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with the Bet Rivers app. Must be 21 or older, available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. We are back. New York City cast Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Go to BetRivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers app. And boy, it's a good time of year to have that Bet Rivers app because good thing about baseball, you know, once it's back, it's back. It's, you know, you're used to the other sports. Football, you got to wait a week to watch your team play. Uh, you know, basketball's a few games a week. Baseball, you know, you watch it all weekend, and I did. I watched. I don't think I missed a pitch of either the Mets or the Yankees. Uh, you figure, all right, tonight they probably got a day off. You look at the schedule, and they're both in action. So good time of the year to have the Bet Rivers app. You know, baseball every day, playoffs in the, in the NBA, draft coming around the corner. So uh, exciting time of the year, fun time of the year. Hopefully the weather gets a little better. I think it's supposed to be a little nicer this week. But we'll get back to baseball here and get back to the Mets, who – like the Yankees, had a good weekend, had a chance for a great weekend. You know, win the first three games, rocking chair games, all pretty comfortably. Uh, I think all three games stayed under. Uh, Scherzer was good, not great. Bassett was really impressive, as was McGill on Thursday night. Uh, in what was a strange, boy, it was a really strange feel Thursday to have that as opening day. I mean, you think opening day, you think warm weather, a day game. You know, you, you get off of work or whatever and you watch the game or uh, it's afternoon game. You think that's just kind of your perception uh, of opening day is you know some some game in the afternoon where you watch it and it's nice out. It's real. It was really strange. The game didn't start to like eight thirty on a Thursday night. It went into like midnight. It was cold and rainy. If you were here on the East Coast, boy, it was like 25, 30 degrees with rain. 
uh, going until Thursday night, Friday morning uh, in Washington. Really just a strange, strange feel for an opening night, opening day. And the opening day in general, there weren't a lot of games. It was Cubs-Brewers at 2, then there were a couple late afternoon games, and then there were a couple at night, and only five or six games. The Yankees got rained out. So it was a strange opening night, but a good weekend for the Mets. Like I said, McGill threw the ball well. Bassett threw the ball well. Uh, Bassett's going to be really good. I, I'm, I was impressed with him, and I was impressed with McGill. Scherzer was good, not great. But you had a chance for the sweep. You had a chance for a great weekend uh, Sunday. You're up 2-1. to one. Cruz hits the homer. You rally back. You're up 2-1. Two, two men on. Nobody out in the seventh for the Mets. Have a chance there. Base hit. You make it 3-1, to 4-1. to one. You go about your Sunday. You get your sweep, and you head to Philly. But couldn't tack on. And then the eighth, uh, Shreve gives up a base runner. And they bring in Trevor Williams, which has been a huge point of contention uh, for Mets fans. Like, why didn't you bring in Trevor May? You know, Williams is not that lockdown guy. He's more of a swing, you know, sixth starter, long reliever type of guy. To bring him in there was very strange. I totally agree with that. That being said, that inning is on Alonzo. Alonzo was terrible defensively. I mean, he could have made the play at home on the bunt, on, on the squeeze. And then that's a double play to get you out of the inning. You know what? You go to the top of the ninth, 1-1. One, one, he threw the ball away. And Look, I don't know that they'll do it. A lot of guys don't hit as well when they DH. But, you know, your best team is Dom Smith at first and Alonzo DHing. It makes no sense to me to put him at first base. First base defense is a very valuable commodity at first base. People, you know, I think there's this perception of first base where you just kind of put anybody at first. Like, oh, I'll just stick him on first. You know, somebody who's not a good defender, who's a good hitter, I'll just stick him on first. He'll be fine. You're kind of the fulcrum of the defense at first. A lot of plays go through first. You know, cutoffs, uh, you know, scoops at first, throws on double plays. It, it's really it's an underrated position defensively. And uh, Alonzo's not a good defender, to put it kindly. And Dom Smith's a very good defender. So that cost you the game as much as anything yesterday. I, I can't you – know, I, I would have pitched May. I'm not sure why he went with Williams over May. But cost him a game. But that being said, good weekend for the Mets. Canna got on base a million times. Alonzo hit the Grand Slam Saturday. Uh, Lindor hit a homer. Uh, you had all the dramatics with you know, Alonzo getting hit in the face, Lindor getting hit in the face. I, I didn't think there was anything intentional, but that still, I, I understand why you're getting upset if you're the Mets, if you're Showalters. Look, my two best players are getting hit in the face here. Uh, what's going on? So I would expect the Mets to retaliate at some point uh, during the season. But overall, a really good you know, weekend for the Mets. I think the Mets are going to be good. They're going to need DeGrom to win the title, uh, you would think, you would think. And maybe they get him back here in a month or so, a month probably pushing it, six weeks. You know, if you can get him back, he was supposed to be reevaluated in a month. That was a week ago. Even if he's reevaluated in a month and everything's clean, it's going to take him a month or so to ramp up, simulated games, flat ground, that kind of thing. So, uh, look, if you can get him back middle of June and you're, what, two games out of first place or something, you know what? You take it. You, you take it and run. You, you sign for that in a second. Uh, Philly's going to be good. The Braves are going to be good. The Nationals are not. The Marlins have some pitching. You wouldn't think they're you know contenders to win and win that division, but who knows? With that pitching, they are really good. They're just the rest of the team's not very good. So the Mets can hang around in this division. This is a, an interesting test tonight against Philly. Uh, Mets are underdogs plus one thirty-five with Walker going in Philadelphia. Uh, Ranger Suarez going for the Phillies. 
again, I would lean over the nine here. I, I don't really have a play on the side. I think Walker uh, was good the first half of the year. Actually, he made the all-star team, I believe, and he got hammered the second half of the year last year. I don't know that he won a game after becoming an all-star. Maybe he won one, but he was awful in the second half last year. And even in the first half, you know, some of the more predictive analytics, the FIP and some of that stuff, didn't line up with his ERA, kind of indicated that he was very fortunate and that there was some regression coming. And boy, the regression came second half of the year last year. He just got hammered uh, basically from July on. So uh, that Philly lineup is is dangerous. Now, early in the year, you know, probably be a chilly night, you know, not as easy to hit. Ball doesn't carry as well. Uh, but that's a brutal lineup to navigate with Schwarber and Riomuto and Castellanos and Harper. I mean, that's just a really really good lineup with a lot of power and that's a very small ballpark so i would lean towards over nine tonight maybe a phillies team total i think the phillies team total is over four and a half i just don't see walker pitching well in this ballpark uh just don't see him pitching well against this lineup against this ballpark and you know it's tougher now because there's no dh so you don't get that free out so you're dealing with a dh instead of a pitcher uh to go with that thunder at the top of the lineup for philly and Look, Suarez isn't unhittable. I, I think the Mets will score their runs tonight. Mets haven't really exploded offensively. You know, they've gotten some timely hits, a bunch of two-out hits with, with men in scoring position, which you like to see. But, um, you know, it's uh, I, I think it's a situation where uh, Philly will be able to hit Walker, and I think you'll see some runs tonight, both sides, in a smaller ballpark. So good weekend for the Mets. You're 3-1. and one. You take that and you run with it. Ha really let one get away. Uh, from you yesterday, though, really, really would have preferred to be four and zero. As boy, a lot of these teams, they're going to beat up on Washington. They just don't have a lot of pitching, other than Soto, who you can pitch around. I mean, Cruz is good, but you figure he's not on the team come middle of the season. So that's the one team where uh, you really look at them. It's similar to Baltimore in the AL East, where they're not as bad as Baltimore. But if you look at Washington, you got three, four games coming up with them. Um, you, you figure, you know, that's a good situation here. Uh, to get on track, so you're going to have 15 more with them. But look, the Braves and the Phillies are going to have 15, uh, going to have 19 games against them too. So uh, you, these are these are games you got to bank against Washington, against Baltimore if you're the Yankees, and if you're the Mets. So like the over tonight in the Mets game, like the over tonight in the Yankee game. Uh, and, you know, middle of the tier, middle tier rotation pitchers going. Uh, I, I think it's a, an opportunity where both offenses for both these teams in these matchups tonight get going. So. Over nine in the Mets is a play. Over nine in the Yankees is a play. When we come back, we'll do a little NBA. We'll do some playoffs with the Nets in the playing scenario. That is next. This is the New York City Cash presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to two hundred and fifty dollars when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21 or older. Available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. NBA regular season is in the books. Uh, we had mentioned that, you know, the Nets, as poorly as they were playing a week or so ago, the back end of their schedule was so soft that they were probably going to go 3-1, and 4-0, and... They did. They, they, they managed to go 4-0. They beat up on the Rockets, the Pacers, the Knicks, and the Cavs. But it wasn't easy, man. They trailed the Knicks by, what was it, 21 in the third quarter. Even the Cavs, after having a big lead against the Cavs Friday night, the Cavs came back and took a lead. 
uh, before the Nets ran away and I believe covered that game, won the game by double digits. And even yesterday, the Pacers, who are, uh, aside from Portland, just the tankers of of all tankers, basically, you know, the the Blazers are like the 98 Bulls of tanking. You know, they lose by 30, 40 points every night. Some Dallas beat them by 50 uh, this week. I mean, I think they had 14 losses by 30 or more. Uh, the Pacers aren't quite that bad, but the Pacers have no incentive to win. Just awful down the stretch, intentionally awful. And even they hung around. They scored 125 points in the game yesterday. It was a, you know, one or two point game in the third quarter. The Nets eventually pulled away. They didn't cover. Uh, I said yesterday on, on Lombardi's show, I was like, I don't know how you're laying 17 with this Nets team. And uh, even against the Rockets a, a week or so ago, they were laying, I think, 17 as well. It's like they just don't defend well enough to be laying 17. But they do advance to the plane where they host the Cavs second time in, what, five days here. They'll host the Cavs. Line was eight and a half Friday. Same line uh, tomorrow. And this is the early game tomorrow. So Tuesday at 7 o'clock, Nets and the Cavs. Nets minus eight and a half at Bet Rivers. Total 229. And you're getting both 7-8 games uh, on Tuesday. So they're doing the 7-8 in the East Tuesday at 7, followed by the 7-8 game in the West Tuesday, 9-30. That's Clippers, T-Wolves, T-Wolves minus 3, total 230. And then you're getting both 8-9 games on Wednesday, which would be Hornets and Hawks. Hawks minus 4, total 236.5. And then Spurs and Pelicans, Pelicans minus 5, total 228.5. Those games are Wednesday. Then we have a break Thursday. And then Friday... The winners of the 9-10 games play the loser of the 7-8 games. So if the Nets were to lose to the Cavs, which they're not going to, I wouldn't think, um, it would be Nets versus whoever won Hawks, Hornets. But you expect the Nets to win. You expect the Nets to win this game and to march into the main draw where they would take on the Celtics, which would be a fascinating series. Now, you don't get the drama. I was hoping they'd play the Sixers either the first or second round. The only way they can play the Sixers is if it's in the conference finals, and I just don't see that happening. I mean, first of all, the Sixers have had issues, although I think the Sixers had a decent draw. I know the Raptors are a tough matchup for them, but the Raptors and Heat isn't terrible. You avoid the Nets, you avoid the Bucks, uh, at least until the conference finals. Where the the, uh, the Nets, look, they can beat Boston. I would think Boston, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I would think Boston would be a small favorite. That'll be interesting. Uh, they'll have the seventh game at home. The Nets haven't been good. I don't know, Celtics minus 140, minus 150. They won't be a big favorite. Nets won't be favored, even though the Nets are favored here in the futures markets. I think the seventh game at home will make the Celtics, even though there won't be any Williams, I don't know, $1.30, $1.40. Boston is a slight favorite. I would say Boston is a slight, slight favorite over the Nets if the Nets do, in fact, win and become the seventh seed. Now, if the Nets get upset and they lose to the Cavs, then they will play the winner, like I said, of the Hawks and the Hornets. And if the Nets won that game, so if the Nets lose one, then win one, they become the eight and they play Miami, which would really be interesting. That I, I don't know if they'd be favored over Miami, but it would be close. That would be close to a pick them, I would think. Although the Nets, I was a little surprised the Milwaukee ducked, ducked them. Uh, Milwaukee rested their guys. And look, I, I get you want to avoid Durant. And we've kind of gone back and forth through the last couple of weeks of, hey, I don't want any part of playing Durant to, hey, are we sure we're supposed to be avoiding this team? Because they haven't played very well. So, uh, I was surprised Milwaukee lost the game intentionally to the Cavs Sunday to become the three seed where they get the Bulls and they will murder the Bulls. Uh, you can't make that series price high enough. They will probably sweep them, maybe win it in five. Bulls are not winning more than a game in that series if they're lucky. Uh, but the, the Bucks do punt on home court in the second round. Um, 
you know, I just, I don't know that I'd be dying to avoid this Nets team as great as Durant is. They are just so small and so bad defensively. You know, you're basically playing, you know, three point guard sized guys at the same time between Kyrie, Mills, and, you know, either Curry or Dragic. That's three really small guys, you know, 6'1", 6'2", guys. That's, you're just going to get bullied. Even if you get through Boston, which look, they won't have Williams. You're going to have a chance to win that series. I think I would pick Boston in a long series. That'll be a good series. That'll be a really good series. You know, if baseball were not, I could probably go to some of those games. You know, Boston, Brooklyn. I don't think I'm going to because look, baseball's on, and I don't care that much. But uh, that'll be a fun series, Boston and Brooklyn. You know, they have the Kyrie history. Uh, they played last year in the first round, so that would be a fun series. I think we'll get it. I think I would pick Boston in a long series, but if, even if Brooklyn gets past it and they get Milwaukee in the second round, I have a hard time seeing them uh, get past Milwaukee. I have a hard time seeing them get to a game seven against Milwaukee. I really think, you know, if you're Milwaukee here, not only do I think they're going to get through the East, I don't know that they're going to play a game seven. I really don't. I think they're going to steamroll these guys uh, in the East. I think, you know, they'll bury the Bulls. I think they would beat the Nets in five, maybe six. I think they'd probably beat the Celtics in six. And then, you know what? Heat, Sixers. I can't see the Raptors going that far. I think they'd beat either one of those in six. So I think the Bucks are going to the finals here. And I don't know that it's going to be very competitive. As we take a look at the finals odds, odds to win the championship here at Bet Rivers. Suns are plus 275. And the Suns have an easy bracket now. Doncic is hurt. Uh, it looks like for Dallas, who knows if he's going to play in game one or in this series. As we see uh, Utah now become, they were up. Uh, Three-point underdog. Now they're a one-point favorite. That might that line might keep going here if, if it looks like Doncic isn't going to play. So, uh, Suns plus two seventy-five, Bucks plus five hundred, Nets plus seven hundred, which I wouldn't touch. Warriors plus nine hundred, Heat plus nine hundred, Celtics ten to one, Sixers fourteen to one, Grizzlies sixteen to one, Nuggets twenty-two to one, Mavs twenty-two to one, Utah thirty to one, Clippers thirty-five to one, Raptors sixty to one, T Wolves eighty to one. Uh, Boy, if you're looking for I still think Milwaukee's the best bet at f plus 500 because I think Milwaukee's going to be in the finals. I really do. I think Milwaukee's going to be in the finals. So Milwaukee plus 500. That, not, that line's going to keep dropping and dropping. I don't understand why it's so high. Uh, Nets plus 700 I wouldn't touch. I would definitely look at Milwaukee plus the 500. And like I said, they've got basically a first-round bye against the Bulls who have been awful the second half of the year. Um, so that's one of the series. The other series in the East, Sixers and Raptors. Bet Rivers uh, doesn't have these series prices up yet. I would imagine they'll be up, you know, end of the day or as these plans get finalized. You'll start to see these playoff series pop up. You can kind of, you know, glean what they're going to be just based on the lines. You know, Sixers are minus four and a half, game one against the Raptors. So you figure Sixers, uh, if they're favored at home by four and a half, they're telling you home court's worth two and a half, three. They're telling you Philly's a little better, and they get the seventh game at home. So, like, Philly will be minus 180 against the Raptors. Uh, Utah-Dallas is hard to say what a series price will be with the status of Doncic. So, that one they'll probably hold off on until there's more clarity on Luka. Uh, Warriors minus four against Denver. Warriors probably be a minus 150, minus 160 favorite. And then uh, Bucks bulls I, I don't know what you make that series line. Minus 800, minus 900. You can't make it high enough because that's... Uh, once these props come up of, you know, they give you, if you haven't bet in the NBA playoffs before, uh, not only can you bet who wins the series, but if you want to get frisky, you can bet on, you know, who's going to win and how many games. You can say, you know what, I think Boston's going to win this series in six games. You can bet that and get a, a nice jumbo payout. Uh, I would pick Bucks in four. 
you know, I think you could do this. You could say you've got a hundred bucks to bet, put 50 bucks on bucks and four, put 50 bucks on bucks and five. Uh, you'll get both of them at plus money. You would think, and, uh, you're going to win one of those because it's not going six and yeah, it's not going six. It's not going seven. So exciting time, exciting time of the year here with the playoffs started. I, I would expect the nets. Now we'll do more on that game tomorrow. Uh, I just, I think they'll beat the Cavs. I just can't lay eight and a half with the way they've defended. It sounds like Mobley might be back for Cleveland. And it sounds like uh, Simmons might be back at some point in the first round. Shams Terania reported yesterday that Simmons will be back sometimes in the sometime in the first round, which is encouraging. They need, you know, what he provides, they absolutely need. They need his length, his defense. They absolutely need that in the worst way. It's just uh, at what point in the first round is he going to come back in game one? Is he going to come back in game six? I mean, hell, the series might be over in six games. So uh, that's you know tough to really evaluate what Simmons is going to need. Now, when he plays, he's a top four or five defender in the league. He just is. And it's a team that needs defense, so it's a great fit. It's a perfect marriage. You just don't know if he's going to be able to come off you know, after this time off and be able to defend at a high level right away. And if he's healthy, and you know, I would imagine if he's playing, he's healthy. I mean, they've left him out long enough, but, you know, is there a little rust? Uh, is he 100%? And when does he get back? So a lot of questions there, but it does sound like Simmons could be back sooner than we thought. Sounds like, sounded like he was going to be out for the whole year. You know, he hadn't played this whole time dealing with a back issue. You wouldn't expect that guy to just pop up and be ready to go uh, at some point. But sounds like it's possible it's at least in play here uh, with Simmons. So we'll do more on Nets-Cavs tomorrow to expect the Nets to win. I'm not in the business of laying eight and a half with that team. I just expecting that team to win by nine and get enough stops to win by nine or double digits um, is asking a lot. Now look, they just beat them by 10 or 11 the other day. So it, it's possible. It's obviously possible. Um, but that's a game they trailed, you know, in the third quarter. So that was not an easy cover or a comfortable cover for the Nets. Nothing's easy with them. As I mentioned, you know, the Knicks were up 21 against them. The Pacers had a leading. Uh, our Pacers were, were neck and neck with them in the third quarter yesterday. So nothing is easy for the Nets uh, with the way they defend. So would lean towards taking eight and a half, but I do expect uh, the Nets to advance tomorrow. Again, we'll do more on that game tomorrow. We'll do plenty of playoffs uh, tomorrow. We'll do plenty of playoffs as these games approach. Excited for the postseason. Excited to have baseball back. So we got some plays tonight over in the Yankee game, over in the Mets game. And like I said, we'll do plenty of basketball uh, with the playoffs underway tomorrow. The play-in, can't really count the play-in as the playoffs, but the playoffs officially start Saturday. Play-in Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Looking forward to it. Thank you guys for listening. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.